Merkel Media. This is going to make me sound like an absolute freaking whack job. But as I'm telling her this, the lines on her face just kind of smooth out. And her coat goes away. And her clothes go away. And she is sitting on the corner of the the bed with her legs crossed, being completely nude, and being maybe like a 20-year-old version of herself. This was all circulating around the base that a giant had been killed, but no one was supposed to talk about it. I saw three long, bony fingers reach up underneath the door, curl up to grab it, and then disappear. When he came over to me, dude, he slithered over to me. And this giant comes out of the cave, and they're all frozen. And he starts running and firing at this giant. Well, the giant moves. He's got a spear in one hand, and he's running really fast, and spears... Dan holds him up like this. Somebody else, shoot him in the face, shoot him in the face. They basically decapitate him. Got closer, got closer, got closer. When he got about 15 yards away from me, I raised that 12 gauge and I blowed his head off. I feel something pulling at my leg. And I look over and there are two small gray entities pulling at me. And they're literally, I'm getting pulled off the bed. I reach my hand into this bush and I touch air. Couldn't breathe and I couldn't move because I know I'm seeing a monster. Welcome to the show, everybody. You're listening to The Confessionals. I'm your host, Tony Merkel. Thanks for being here. If you have a crazy, wild experience you want to share with me on the show, go ahead and shoot me an email. My email address is theconfessionals at theconfessionalspodcast.com. That's theconfessionals at theconfessionalspodcast.com. Or go to the website, theconfessionalspodcast.com. Hit the contact section. You can reach me that way as well. Either way works for me. Just get a hold of me. If you want more shows on a weekly basis, we drop a bonus show on Thursdays to the members on the website in the Castos app. And on the Castos app, you get the Tuesday shows ad-free and access to the overtime segments. And today is an overtime show. In fact, we actually have Eric on the line with us right now. Eric, say hi. Hello there. What's up? How you doing, buddy? So uh, we got Eric here, but Eric, go back on mute for a second. We're going to finish the uh, business here first. So uh, as I was saying, if you guys want, you can go on the website and uh, become members and get access to the Thursday shows, which are member shows, the Tuesday shows ad-free, and the overtime segments like today with Eric and friends. Also, the world's crazy, so just make sure that you guys are good to go in the emergencies. Get yourself prepared with preparewiththeconfessionals.com. Get yourself emergency supply of food and survival gear just in case. In fact, I was actually uh, thinking about doing an Instagram reel. In fact, if you guys haven't been following us on Instagram, please go ahead and do that because we actually have been uh, really trying to build up our Instagram following, specifically Instagram, but also I'm starting to post some things on uh, Facebook because uh, one thing I'm seeing is that 
my social media following isn't the isn't matching what the downloads are for a weekly basis and i'm trying to book some really really cool guests moving here into the future with the studio space that i have now and it's kind of hard to say hey i have a really big podcast and you want to come on and talk to me and then they go look into social media and they're like yeah but it's not matching what you're telling me you know so if you guys have been uh i don't know regretfully neglecting hitting the follow button, please do me a favor. Go ahead and follow us on Instagram specifically. Anyways, I've been doing the reels on Instagram and uh, I've been thinking about doing a reel talking about some new information I came across where it would actually, uh, it would actually probably tell people, Hey, you know what? We might want to make sure we're prepared. So uh, go ahead and do that. Prepare with the confessionals.com. Also friends, let me tell you about the dog man conference that I've been talking about for months now. It is the first annual Dogman slash Cryptid Conference. It is in Paris, Tennessee on August 13th. I am going to be a speaker there. So will Steve Stockton and Barton Nunley, Josh Turner. Ken Gearhart is actually going to be hosting the event. It's going to be a lot of fun. So if you have not gotten your tickets yet, just go to the link in the description below of this episode and get your tickets right now. And I'll see you there on August 13th in Paris, Tennessee at the first annual Dogman Cryptid Conference. And last but not least, friends, I just want to kind of tell the people who are listeners that are members that I did add a whole quick news segment section on the website. So if you're a listener that only likes listening to the shows on the website, you can now listen to the quick news segments on the website as well. I wanted to make sure that was available to you guys that typically like listening on the website versus using an app. Uh, but with that said, friends, we have Eric here from the Uncomfortable Podcast. Eric, how you doing, brother? Doing really well, Tony. Thanks for having me on again, man. Yeah. So uh, people are saying, wait, again? No, Eric has never <laughs> been on the show before. This is the very first episode, but we, re- we recorded this first interview people are going to hear on March 8th before I even moved to Tennessee. And then we decided we wanted to do an overtime because there's a whole lot more, whole lot. like a whole, <laughs> listen, <laughs> like people, what people are about to hear, they're gonna be like, holy crap. Like, like people are going to be freaking out. They're going to freak out of their minds when they hear this interview they're about to listen to. The overtime is just more of that. And so uh, it's been months now. We're recording this July 27th. It's been months since you and I have talked and yep. stuff, but I'm now finally here in Tennessee. And we're going to do the overtime segment with the people. But before we get to today's interview, plus the overtime segment, I wanted to kind of give you an opportunity to talk to the people right now for this first segment of this conversation about your conference you're pulling off here. I think you said, what, next month, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, September 10th. September 10th is going to be, uh, if anybody's familiar with Southwest Michigan, it's uh, the Dwajak area. And Dwajak is pretty uh, pretty well known for something that happened back in 1964, which was the Dewey Lake Monster. Uh, summer of 1964, there were a series of sightings of, of this seven to eight foot tall hair covered creature. And all of the all of the the descriptions and everything that was in the newspaper and the witness testimonies, everything points to it having been something very much akin to a Bigfoot. Um, so I've decided to do a, a host an event at the Sister Lakes Brewing Company there in Dwajak, Michigan, just a couple of minutes away from the original sightings, and it's going to be called BigfootAndBrews.com, or I'm sorry, Bigfoot and Brews. And you can you can get all the information you want at bigfootandbrews.com. Tickets are on sale now. We're going to have uh, a full day of speakers. We've got Ron Moorhead, who's famous for the Sierra Sounds. He's coming into town. 
He'll be the main speaker. And then the rest of the day is going to be filled with speakers that have already been guests on my show. So it's going to kind of be a, a best of uncomfortable. Um, they're all Michigan-based uh, researchers and experiencers as far as uh, the topic of Bigfoot in the state of Michigan. So it's it, super excited about it. Can't wait. It's coming up quick. Tickets are going fast. So if everybody... In, in that area is interested, man, I suggest getting over to bigfootandbrews.com and uh, there's chances for you to be a sponsor if you want to help make it a bigger and better show. Um, vendors tables are available. You can get all that information on the site. And we're just super, super excited about it. This is my first attempt at dipping my toes into running a conference. Um, it's But it's going to be a lot different because it's, it's a lot more intimate. It's at a brewery. It's going to be held outside behind the, uh, they have a, a permanently tented structure back there. Uh, we're going to have all their food. We're going to rename everything to be kind of cryptid sounding uh, food food items. They got great beer there. And it's the only place you can get the Dewey Lake Monster IPA. They don't sell it in stores or anything. It's the only place you can get it. So we're really excited about that coming up. That's awesome, man. Uh, so let's uh, just tell the people if they want, go ahead and hit them up on the website. The link is in the description of this episode. Uh, maybe, maybe you'll see a familiar face up there. I don't know. Eric, am I coming up there or not? Man, I would love to have you come up there, dude. <laughs> uh, I absolutely would love to have you come up there. You said it was September 8th? September 10th. It's September 10th. Uh, listen, I will check my schedule. This is absolutely unplanned, but I'll check my schedule, see if I can make it up there and stuff. Uh, so I'm people listening right now, I'm not saying I'm going to be there, but I might be there. So we'll see. <laughs> well, <laughs> we'll I, see. I got a message from our friend, Joel Thomas. Uh, a couple of days ago, and he said he was he was considering the possibility of also being able to come up and uh, and br- bring his co-host from Kill the Mockingbirds. Um, yes, yeah, everybody should follow that podcast to Kill the Mockingbirds. Uh, Joel Thomas from Van Tesla, he's absolutely. been on the show multiple times. He's my one of my partners in crimes for the films, and he's the guy with the red beard that does awesome music. So you know, maybe you'll see familiar faces there. But uh, if you're interested, the link is in the description of this episode. With that said, let's just get to this week's episode. We have Eric coming on and sharing his experience with a date that he had that was also a witch. We were talking about his experience. I mean, <laughs> things got Bigfooty, things got naked. It was crazy. Let's get to Eric's date <laughs> right now. Okay, today we got Eric on the show. Eric, how you doing, man? Doing well, Tony. How are you? I'm doing good, man. Doing good. So, uh, listen, Eric, you heard, I guess you heard my mega cast, right? And you liked the idea? <laughs> I, I did. Yeah, I did. I thought that was a, that was a great little uh, service that you were doing to other podcasters. And uh, it was a unique idea. I thought it was a great thing. Yeah, I, I'll tell you what. I, I don't know if I'm ever going to do the mega cast again. I don't. The, the production that took that was involved in the mega cast was uh, more than I was prepared for. And I, I remember I had it all as one file, and then I went to go upload it. And the service I used to upload my podcast episodes, they're like, "Your file's too big." I'm like, "What?" So I had to split it into you know part one and part two, and I was just like, "This sucks." Like. <laughs> I was like, this started out as a good idea, and that's about as far as it went. It was a good idea, but <laughs> it was a pain <laughs> in the butt. So, uh, I mean, 
It's not to discourage anybody, but uh, if you contact me as a podcaster, chances are there won't be a mega cast. It'll just be you on a cast. So, <laughs> well, that works as well. So, yeah. So, uh, Eric, man, tell people about your podcast. Uh, actually, just turned a year old. It's called Uncomfortable. Uh, just turned a year old back in February, and uh, I've had a I've had a new new show every week. Uh, I think I put out maybe uh, ten little bonus uh, shows along the way. And it just, it was born out of one, uh, hearing shows like yourself, uh, Wes Germer's Sasquatch Chronicles, um, subjects that I've been like really, really steeped in for the majority of my life. And, you know, I would find myself uh, listening to you guys and be like, oh, you got to ask this question. You got to ask this question. And then you would ask it. Or, or, you know, Wes would ask and I'm like, all right, yeah, you know, <laughs> let's not pass this by. You got to you got to focus on that uh, on that one uh, topic or that that piece of information. And um, I just started thinking to myself, it's like, you know, I, I, it, it, there's enough people out there with experiences with all kinds of weird stuff. And, and my show is uh, all topics of high strangeness, uh, fringe topics, fringe reality stuff. And. Uh, I just, you know, the pandemic hit and I was, I was doing a small local show for a, for a really small community with a buddy of mine. And we pretty much just did local sports and, uh, and stuff like that. And I kept wanting to squeeze these, these weird shows in every once in a while. And it was like trying to figure, fit a square peg into a round hole with him. Um, he's a great guy, but it just didn't, it didn't mesh with that show. And, uh, <clears throat> excuse me. So I decided to invest the money in, in some good equipment. And I, I just had this framework of, of what I wanted to do. And I wanted to start talking to people with similar instances, experiences that I've had throughout my life and hear their stories and do it in a way that wasn't threatening, wasn't uh, alienating anybody, wasn't ambushing them, you know, to get them to talk about their crazy stuff and then, then beat them up about it. Um, so, yeah, and then that's where Uncomfortable uh, kind of just was born. And, you know, the name is, you know, they're uncomfortable topics for some people to hear about. They're uncomfortable topics for some people to talk about. And uh, up until <laughs> I think it was my fifth episode, uh, I finally realized that it, it was also going to make me feel uncomfortable at some at some point as well. And, uh, that's, that's one we can talk about, uh, where I did dinner with a witch and, uh, <laughs> that was, that was a bizarre three hours of my life, to be honest with you. So, so, so you did, you had dinner with the witch. I did. Okay. Um, yeah, I had a, I had a listener, uh, you know, and this, this was, um, I think I only had three episodes out, four episodes out. I think I might've had two in the can, you know, so I had like a two week buffer, but, uh, I was, I was like, I, I need a show. And out of the clear blue, this guy messages me and says, Hey, I know of a, a good interview for you. And, uh, basically she is, a um, a native American witch. And I thought it would be, I thought it'd be a cute hook for the title of the show to be dinner with a witch or date night with a witch or, you know, something like that. And, uh, so, so my idea was I was going to contact her 
and I was going to ask her out for dinner and we would, you know, take an hour or hour and 15, 20 minutes and, and get acquainted over something to eat and maybe a drink or two and then go into doing the interview. Right. Um, but you know, the culture today is, is a little, um, a little against guys doing things the way guys do them. So I, I started thinking to myself, you know, maybe, maybe I'm not gonna, maybe I'm not gonna ask her out to dinner and I'm probably not going to end up ending the name in the show dinner with a, or date night with a witch or dinner with a witch. Um, so I opted not to, to ask her out. I was just going to go meet her at her home. Uh, she lived about 35 minutes away from me and I thought we'd do the interview in person. So let me, uh, hold on a second, before you go further, all right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, are, do you make a habit of asking your guests out on dates before you uh, interview them? <laughs> I mean, like this, no, this, this is something no. I've never heard of before. <laughs> no, uh, it, it is not a habit that I make. Um, <laughs> I just, I just had this idea in my head that I thought it would be a, um, acute, uh, you know, because I was I wasn't really looking for a gimmick to get people to listen to my show, but I was looking for that, you know, how you name each one of your episodes. Right. Um, you know, it dragged me from under a door, or, you know, it, it chased me through the woods, something like that. And and I just thought date night with a witch just kind of would be a, a holy crap. What the hell is this show about? I'm going to give it a listen, you know, and, you know, then hopefully with within the first few minutes, I'd kind of get hooked. And, uh, so I ended up deciding not to ask her out for, for dinner. Um, and I started backing out of my driveway and as I was, and I, like I said, I had about a 35 minute drive to get to her, uh, where she wanted to do the interview and my phone goes off and, and I looked at it before I pulled out of the driveway and it, it's her. And she sent me a message on messenger and she says, have you ate yet? And I, I was like, that was, that was really weird because the whole time I'd been putting together this show, it was going to take her out to dinner. Right. Um, so I messaged her and I said, no, actually, I, you know, I, I already have grabbed something to eat, but I said, if you're, if you need to, we can back this up like a half hour if you need to grab something. And she goes, Oh shoot. And I said, honestly, it's not a big deal. You know, we can back it up a little bit. And she goes, are you sure you don't want to go get something to eat? And I was, uh, you know, my mind's kind of like, because I had already, even after just a couple of episodes, I started getting these weird synchronicities that kind of followed through from show to show. And I said, listen, if you want to go grab something, I'll go with you. I'll have a drink, but I've already, I've already ate. So she says, perfect. I'll be ready when you get here. And <clears throat> so I, I get to her house and she opened the door and Tony, I'm, I'm not going to say this because I don't want to come off sounding like I'm a, uh, a predator <laughs> or a, uh, you know, a, a male, uh, a male gigolo or, you know, I'm, I'm only out for, for, uh, sexual, uh, encounters, but I ha I have to say when I opened up, when she opened up the door and I saw her, I was immediately hit with a very, 
animalistic drive. <laughs> Let's put it that way. So a strong sexual drive, right? That's what you're saying. Yeah. And gotcha. it was, you know, I, I, when I ask, say let this, me ask, let me ask you before you go further with that, yeah. uh, looking back at it, when you lay uh-huh. eyes, when you, when your mind's eye lays eyes on her, do you still have that sense of she was sexy or was it one of those things in the moment you're like, I don't know why I feel this way because normally she's not my type. hundred percent. And this is no offense to her because she's a lovely woman. Um, not my type of woman. Um, just, just not my, not in my demographic, not, not who I would typically, you know, work my way towards meeting and introducing myself to, and, you know, trying to get to know this was, this was a very, this was a very one focused sexual thing. And, and I, you know, I'm a guy and I, as a guy who likes women, I like women and, you know, but I can tell you, Tony, that the feelings that I was having, uh, towards, towards her, the first sight of her was not me. It, it was not, it was not atypical of how I, how I behave. So that, that was a, that was an unusual feeling for me. Um, so I, I I did the gentlemanly thing and I, I opened the door for her. We got in the car and we drove, I don't know, maybe, maybe 20 minutes, uh, to this, this little bar restaurant. And, uh, we sat down, she ordered dinner. I, I ordered a drink and, uh, she, she ended up, she ended up ordering a steak and mushrooms and French fries. And she's a tiny little thing. And I was like, good Lord, man, where are you going to put all this stuff? You know? <laughs> um, and I was, I was going to pay for it just out of thanking her for doing the interview. And she says, don't worry, I'm paying for it. So I've already got a checklist in my head going that, you know, I was originally going to ask her out to dinner and I decided not to because I didn't want to offend anybody that might be listening to the show or offend her or, you know, I just didn't want to offend anybody. So I chose not to do it. But then she asked me to go to dinner. How, how does, okay, before you continue with this checklist, yeah. I, 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 listen, I have not been uh, in the dating scene for half my life now. I've been with my wife mm. since I was 18. I'm 36 now. You're uh, a lucky man. <laughs> I, I, re- I really am. <laughs> but I don't understand what's offensive about any the, the idea of asking her to dinner. Um, boy, Tony, you know, sometimes you, you turn on the TV and, and maybe it's not as prevalent now as it was uh, a, a year, year and a half ago. Um, but you know, there, there seemed to be some, some real man bashing. Oh, okay. I see. Uh, okay. You know what I mean? Gotcha. Uh, you know, okay. just, like our, our behavior was being judged by yeah. whoever. Um, and I didn't, you know, I was, I was trying to get a new podcast off on the right foot yeah. and, 
I, I became hyper aware of, man, if I do this and, and it's, and it's re- received in a bad light, I could be shooting myself in the foot. Right. So, so, so over, overthinking is what I'm hearing right now because absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. And, and I, I, I totally get it because I, I've been there and I still struggle with that myself at time from time to time, you know, like I, I don't yeah. want to offend people. I just got to the point where I'm just like, I'm going to offend somebody with something I say almost on a weekly basis. It is what it is. So what you're talking about is the whole toxic masculinity thing. I got, absolutely. I got you. I got you. Yeah. Okay. We can move off of that because I don't want, I'm, <laughs> okay. I'm trying to steer people towards your podcast so we can, <laughs> if you're afraid it's going to offend people, we'll just move away from it. But uh, go ahead with the uh, chick- checklist. I just said checklist. See, I just offended somebody. I just offended somebody. We're, we're- yeah, and, 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 and to be clear, Tony, I mean, I don't think there's anything about my show that exhibits any to- to- uh, toxic masculinity. I was just that hyper aware of yeah. trying, you know, like it's a new upstart. It's a new business. Uh, it's a new venture for me. It's, you know, I mean, I haven't made a dime off of the, the show, but. Um, it was, it was something that I was feeling really passionate about and I didn't want to kill it by, by acting in a way or doing something wrong right off the bat. I'll tell you what, I, it might've been one of the best moves you've ever made by doing something like that and going public with it, because there's a lot of people out there that want a free dinner. And if they know that you're going <laughs> to buy dinner, then they'll, you'll have people lined up to come on your show. Yeah, possibly, possibly. Um, so you know, we, we, we did the dinner thing and, you know, she, she ate, uh, I had a drink or two, um, and the bill came to the table and it was $46 even 46.00. I can't remember ever going anywhere and paying an even number like that. That was just an odd, uh, it was an odd receipt to get, you know, a ticket at the table. And I told her, I said, you know, don't worry about it. I'll get it. It's my thank you for, for doing the interview. And, uh, so we got done, we left and we drove back to her home. And while we were going back to her home, she says, Oh, turn around down this, uh, down this road. And we kind of went into a curve and along that curve was a, a guardrail that, um, that curved along with the, the curve. And, and there was a, a, an obvious like two track that went back into the woods and, um, this area, you know, I mean, it was residential-ish. Um, it, you know, houses weren't on top of each other, that's for sure. Um, they were they were sparsely placed. But she said, pull up here. And so I pulled up to the guardrail, and she says, this is where my big boy lives. And I just kind of looked at her, and I said, who's your big boy? And she goes, Seti. And I... I I'm sure I had a quizzical look on my face and she says, that's where the big boy lives. And she got out of the car and she said, roll your window down. And she put her hands up to either side of her face and she just whoop, out into the woods. And it was, it was a, it was a Bigfoot whoop. <laughs> I mean, essentially is what it was that she did. And I'm going to say that I heard something come back and she got back in the car and, and we drove around this curve. And then like all of a sudden, boom, we were at her house. So wherever that, 
wherever that road was that had the curve in it, that had the guardrail, that was like within a block of, of her home. But we went like down two streets and it was, it was, it kind of, uh, discombobulated where I thought I was going one way, but I wasn't, I was going a different way. And then we wind up right at her home. And, uh, so I, I thought that was kind of, I thought that was weird that she got out of the car and this was, this was going to be an interview about her being a native American, uh, witch. And she apparently has Bigfoot stuff going on. Um, so we got to her house. She opened up the front door. I carried my equipment in and, um, she led me up this really narrow stairs up into the upstairs of the house. And I mean, it was tight, Tony, it was tight. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm only five, nine, but I'm like 270 pounds, 260 pounds. I'm, I'm pretty good sized guy. And, uh, my shoulders, I had to turn sideways to, to get my equipment and, and me up the, the stairs. And we get to this door and she opens the door and there's a, there's a bed. And I was like, what the hell is going on here? <laughs> toxic, toxic masculinity. Forget that toxic femininity. <laughs> so, so I'm like, she says, is this okay? And I said, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. Is this okay? Like I just, I'm, I'm picturing this as a comedy almost. Like in my head, I'm like, don't, don't take your shirt off, bro. Just, just, just wait for further clarification before you get too excited. Yeah. So, and and quite honestly, I mean, that what you just said, that's going through my head. It's like, so, so I've got this, I've got this interview to do, right? And. I've got this great framework in my head of, you know, how I'm going to produce this show and, and, and put it out. But I've, I've got this new thing where when I, when I'm looking at her, I've got, I've got more than just an interview on my mind. And it, it's, you know, I'm not going to say that I've never looked at another woman and found myself attracted to her and, you know, but this was, this is just kind of odd. And then she leads me up this narrow hallway upstairs and we go into a bedroom and I, I'm kind of like, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to figure it out to be honest with you. Um, so um, I, I, I kind of just, okay, let's, let's get everything set up. Let me get the microphones out. Let me get the roadcaster out and, and let's start, let's start talking and, and everything will level out. Okay. <laughs> um, so, I, I'm sitting in this chair that's up against the wall and to my left-hand side of me, there is the door that we came into that room. Well, when we came into that room, she closed the door behind me and you know, if I'm being honest, there was, there was a portion of me that was thinking that something was going to happen, you know, of a sexual nature. <laughs> okay. Um, because that's where my head was at right now. And so she sits down in front of me and we've got this, basically it's like a card table in front of us and I've, I've got the mics on it. And, uh, so we start talking and we, we get, she's a very interesting woman. I mean, she can, she can trace back her, her family lineage on both her, uh, I think her on her father's side all the way back to, 
uh, chief corn stock or uh, is that right? Chief corn stock. Yeah. The, the guy that like ultimately placed the curse on point Ple- point pleasant, West Virginia. Wow. Where the, where the Mothman sightings were. Um, he was actually married to Pocahontas's sister. And on her mom's side, they've apparently been able to trace their lineage back to actual Druids in, over in Europe. Um, you know, so that you, you talk about, Hey, um, my, my ancestors come from Hungary, you know, <laughs> and, and we've been here for quite a long time. It's not like we had any descendants that just, just came over on the boat. Um, but when you, you're talking like two, 300 years that they can go back in on both sides of her family. And I thought that was pretty astounding. So we talked about that for a while and, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm sitting there, I'm up against the wall. I'm looking at her. I've got unnatural, uh, uh, affinity for, you know, the, what I want to do. There's a bed behind her and, and I'm looking around this room and everywhere I look, there's, there's some kind of a, um, uh, a statue or a, a painting or a picture or, a uh, you know, of, of some kind of a cryptid, whether it be a wolf man, uh, a werewolf, a uh, dog man, um, crows, um, dream catchers are hanging all around. And, you know, it's, it's just a, man, it was kind of a, it was kind of a surreal atmosphere that I found myself in. And, and as she was talking, she started telling me about somebody who'd previously lived in that house and was a, uh, an older African-American woman who actually passed away in the house. And so let me back up real quick and say that when we got to the house, she said that her brother also lived there. He uh, was disabled to some extent and she was living there helping take care of him. So, okay. Now we go back to, we're in the bedroom, the door is closed. We're having our conversation and she's telling me about this native American or this uh, African-American woman who passed away in the house. And, as I'm sitting there and I'm paying attention to what she's telling me, I see this hand reach through the doorway and just kind of, um, just kind of shake the hand like, like somebody was waving, you know, just real quick. And out of my left-hand peripheral vision, I see this, you know, up, not quite up to the elbow, but the hand and, and the forearm reach in and wave. And I immediately think to myself, that that was her brother's arm and he was just like letting her know that he was there, but he wasn't going to interrupt or, or whatever. And, uh, a few moments go by and I, I just kind of glanced off to the left-hand side. The door is closed. And the doorknob was close to my left shoulder. So if that door would have opened, I certainly would have seen the door open. I was literally within 12 inches of it. That door didn't open. I saw an arm reach through a closed door and, and wave at her. Right as she's telling me about this African-American lady who passed away in the house before they started living there. So now I'm, I'm like, holy shit, did I just see a ghost? Did I just freaking see a ghost? 
put its arm through the door. You know, I mean, I can't tell you if, if it was uh, white and pasty or um, see-through or, or anything like that. All I can tell you is I, I know that I saw a hand and the thumb seemed to be pointing towards me. So I'm assuming it was a left hand that reached through the door and just shook at the wrist and, and like waved at her. Did she acknowledge it? I, I, I can't answer that. I don't know. I've thought about that too. And, you know, I, I don't videotape my, my, um, uh, my, my bedroom interview encounters. So I didn't have anything to go back in. <laughs> I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. Next time you go to a witch's house and do an interview in person after dinner and it's hypersexualized situation, do yourself a favor for legal purposes. Wear, cameras. wear a GoPro. <laughs> So, but, you know, I did think about that and, and honestly, I can't tell you if, um, if she would have, uh, made any, any kind of motion with her head or anything to indicate that she had seen it. Um, I, I don't remember her doing so. Um, if she did, it went on a unrecognized by me. Uh, so, you know, now I'm, now I'm like, I'm, I'm thinking $46 even that was weird. I was going to ask her out for dinner, decided not to. She asked me out for dinner. Pretty much wouldn't take no for an answer. She opens up the door. I'm like, I got urges like crazy. Um, and then she she brings me back to her house, and we're going to do an interview in her bedroom, two feet away from her bed. And then, you know, I got a ghost arm reaching through <laughs> You know, and, and I might be, a, I might be 90 minutes into this whole ordeal at this point. Um, and we start, we start going more into the conversation and, um, you know, she's, she's talking about, she is an actual witch in the sense of what we would consider a witch. Cause I thought maybe by being a native American, witch, she meant maybe more something like a shaman or, you know, a, a native American healer or something like that. She clarified that she was a witch and she also made no bones about telling me that she, uh, was pretty much a gray witch. She, she had no problems with using the, the, the white magic, the light, the light and the good. Um, but she also had no problems delving into the darker side and, and the, and the dark magic. Um, and she started telling me about some of the, um, some of the gods, little G gods that she uses, one of which was Loki, um, from Norse mythology. And she started telling me about how she had this, uh, um, protector that was basically either a, a werewolf or a, uh, a dog man that was her like spirit protector okay let's talk about our sponsor this week which is cerebral cerebral is an online mental health service that offers prescription medication counseling and therapy for anxiety depression adhd insomnia and more it's actually one of the very few companies out there that offer you the services of having your prescriptions ordered online through a licensed provider and shipped directly to your doorstep. You don't need to go to any kind of pharmacy and stand in the line and wait forever. It all gets taken care of 
there for you right there to your doorstep. In fact, I think Eric, if he keeps on going on these dates and if it goes a little sideways, he might need some uh, medication himself there. I'm not sure if he's going to be able to keep going on these uh, podcast dates here. But if you guys want, you can check out Cerebral. They have affordable treatments that are one third the price of traditional therapy and it's all convenience right there, mobile, on your phone, through their app, on demand. You can talk to a licensed care provider at any time that you need them right from your own home. It really doesn't get much better than that. And so if you're somebody that's looking for therapy, counseling, or just to have your prescription medication fulfilled and shipped right to your door, look no further than Cerebral. And for our listeners of this program, you can receive 65% off your first month of medication management and care counseling at Cerebral.com slash Tony. Go to Cerebral.com slash Tony for 65% off your first month. That's just a total of $30 to get started. Join Cerebral today on their mission to make quality mental health care accessible and affordable for all. So she had a spirit protector that was in the form of a like dog man or, or wolf? Yes. yes. Interesting. And apparently, um, and, and I thought it was odd that she brought this up, but she said some of the men that she has been involved with had been scared away by this thing because it had shown itself to them. And she said, so she said, so, so if you see it <laughs> and then just kind of, you know, looked at me and I was like, good Lord, you know, <laughs> what the hell am I, what the hell have I gotten myself into here? Um, so we, we continued talking about that and, and the conversation kind of led into, um, ab- about, what I had experienced when we pulled off to the side by that guardrail. And I said, so you have, you have Bigfoot in this area. And she goes, Oh yeah. She says, uh, they're all over the place here. Now, you know, the area that she's in, I'm going to give her, uh, I'll give you a, a rundown on, you know, most of it was farmland uh, interspersed with uh, woods um, I know there was a good sized river that was running through. I'm not going to say the name of the river because I don't want to give away the property too much. Um, the river ran behind her house. Uh, there was a bit of a, a bit of a valley, uh, right down her backyard would, would lead down into this little valley. There was pretty good. Some people would call it a Creek. I would say it was a little bit bigger than a Creek. Um, and then on the other side, it would go back up. And it was all wooded and, and it was woods for as far back as you could see behind it. And, uh, she said that she would leave offerings out for them and they would even come up as close as the, the back porch and, and take food off of the back porch that she would leave out for them. And <clears throat> so we're in this conversation and like I said before, you know, she's in front of me, the bed is two feet behind her. And then the back wall of this bedroom is all windows. And these windows are looking out across the front street, uh, the street in front of their house into an open field that maybe 75, 80 feet off the road, there's this Island of trees in it. Uh, you know, Hey, you go past a, a, a farmland and you see this little pocket of trees that never got torn down. You always wonder why the hell they leave that up. Why do they plow around it? Why don't they just get rid of them? Yeah. That's, that's kind of like what this was. And 
the next thing that happened was, uh, and I and I still have a hard time um, fathoming the 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 physical reaction that I have. Um, there was a there was a very loud, very voluminous. Um, <laughs> Uh, scream that I thought I heard and she and I both reacted to it. And I, when I say, I thought I heard it, it, I'll try to explain what I mean by that. We both reacted instantaneously when we heard this thing. Now we both had, we had both had uh, over the ear headphones on and we were listening to our, each other's audio through, through the roadcaster. So, um, this this noise that came through this room was so loud that it it shot through the uh, through the mics through the um, the headphones and I had dude I had goosebumps on every inch of my body I've never had chill bumps on my torso or on my you know on the sides of my uh, my my sternum. Um, it it was, uh, my hair was standing up on my arms. I held my arm up and I looked at her and she held her arm up and she goes, did you hear that? And I said, yeah, what the hell was that? And she says, that was him. And I said, that was who? And she goes, that was Seti. That was the big boy. And Tony, I'm going to tell you that for, from the time it happened, for a good two minutes, my body was going through something that I've never experienced before. And I was getting these chills all over. Um, and then it would fade and then it would come back and it might not be quite as strong as it was initially. And then it would fade off and the goosebumps would kind of go away, but then they'd come back and it wasn't quite as strong as it was the time before that. It, it was like a weird ebb and flow, like a, like a tide that was rolling out and then would roll back in. And, you know, I, I was, I had to edit part of that out because there was, there was a lot of dead air because I really just, I had no idea what to say. And I was, I got so excited because I knew that with the, the quality of equipment that I had set up in that room, that I surely picked that up. And I was like, I can't wait till I Sorry, get home. Could you say that again? My apologies. Holy crap. I jumped. I just jumped <laughs> so hard there. What in the hell? What the heck? Like, like I'm not kidding you. I got chills on my body. <laughs> that is a voice I did not expect to hear. Oh, my God. Oh, my oh. Lord. What did you say to bring that up? I have no idea. We'd ha- You'd have to go back and listen. What? <laughs> oh, man. Was that your phone? That was my watch. Was it like an Apple watch? Yeah. So, it, so you like? Did you say Siri or something? You were saying SETI, but that wasn't like you just said it just there. Yeah. No. I wow. Don't know. It just—that's wild, dude. Whew. 
Okay, I'm gonna leave that in because that's gold. that's some right there. That's some gold. That's what we call radio gold in the industry. <laughs> so, wow. Um, okay, so you know, I'm I'm trying to come to terms with what I heard, and and to me, it was it was extremely loud. We both reacted to it immediately. Um, she had chill bumps on her arm. I had chill bumps all over, and. Tony, honestly, the first thing that ran through my mind is shit. I left my freaking gun out in the car. Mm. That's the first thing that went through my head immediately. And the second thing that went through my head was, God damn it. I got 40 pounds of dog food in my back seat. <laughs> Why? <laughs> oh, yeah. 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 And, and <laughs> <Light bulb>. like, <laughs> you know, and I thought, God, what a weird, what a weird combination of things to have go through my head. Right. And so, you know, we, we kind of got past this, but in the back of my head, I'm thinking, man, I can't wait till I'm done with this. so I can get home because, you know, it, it was on a weekday night. I work a regular job during the day, but there was no way I was not going to transfer this audio onto my computer and isolate what just happened so that I can send it to my son and anybody else who knows that I'm, you know, kind of a Bigfoot nut. And, uh, <clears throat> I guess I can jump ahead and say that when I, when I isolated that, you can hear her finishing a sentence. And the last word of the sentence that she gets out of her mouth is the word and, and right as she's pronouncing the D, the D sound at the end of the word and way in the background, in the most faintest sound, you can hear this. This little, this little whoop. That's, and it made no, it made absolutely no sense to me. Cause, cause, cause in the, in person, it sounded so loud. It gave you chills. So like oh, yeah. you're, ex yeah. you're expecting this to be very voluminous oh, uh, yeah. on the recording. hundred percent. And I was floored. I was like, what in the hell? There was nothing. And then I, you know, I cranked up the volume and I could just hear that little whoop at the end of her pronunciation of the, the D. So, you know, that, that was, that was very quizzical after, but, you know, I'll get back to the interview with her. Um, we went on to continue to talk about some things and, uh, you know, it, it was a very interesting show. She was a very nice lady. Um, I, I didn't get any, uh, amount of BS coming from her. Um, she, she seemed to be, uh, very, very enth not enthralled is the wrong world, but she seemed that the lifestyle of being a witch was something that she was very, it, it, it incorporated a lot of her life. She, she was really into being a witch and, you know, we talked about, uh, her coven, which she, she really would not go into numbers as far as how many other witches were in the area. But she said you'd be astounded to know how many are are in practicing in in the area that she was, and and I thought that was I thought that was pretty interesting, kind of kind of scary but interesting. And you know they they have gatherings on a on a regular basis and and they they affect uh, 
they affect change for people that need it, whether it's somebody who needs, uh, needs money or whether somebody was done wrong and, you know, somebody needs to be taught a lesson. Um, I mean, the, they kind of run the gambit as far as, uh, you know, doing good things and doing bad things. Um, so it, that was, you know, that was a little unnerving for me, but we get towards the end of the, the, uh, the evening and she, uh, she, she, I think at this point we had already shut off the recording and I was getting everything packed up. And she says to me, she's like, Oh, I've, I gotta, I gotta get you in touch with a friend of mine. He'd be great on your show. And I said, Oh, really? And she goes, yeah, absolutely. And I sat back down and I said, is his name Eric? And she said, how did you know? And I said, I didn't, but I've been trying to get a hold of this guy named Eric for like a month and a half, two months, because my very first interview was with a demonologist out of Kalamazoo, Michigan. And he suggested that I talk to this gentleman by the name of Eric Vernor. Now, Eric was an author who went by the name of, um, Oh God, I, I can't remember his, his pen name, but it, it sounded like a vampire, you know, but his, his, his real name is Eric Vernor and he is a reverend in the church of Satan in Fort Wayne, Indiana. He says, I know that it seems odd that I'm associated with the church and that I'm telling you to talk to this guy who's in the church of Satan, but he says he's a very intelligent guy. And he says, I think you'd enjoy having a conversation with him. Well, <coughs> excuse me. This is the same guy that she's recommending that I talk to. And she says she's friends with him. And within three days, I get a message from him on, on the same, on the same messenger that I've been trying to get a hold of him for over a month and a half. And he finally responds to me and says, Hey, Susan says she, I should talk to you. So I was like, man, that's, that's bizarre. How did she pull out of the clear blue, knowing nothing about me, knowing nothing about any of my other episodes. And, and the fact that Eric Vernor was never brought up during the recording with the demonologist, it was something that we had talked about in a different phone conversation. How does she wind up bringing the same person up that I'm looking for. So that goes into my checklist of, of weird shit that's going on. And she sits down on the corner of the bed and she's already got her coat on. She's got this like uh, waist length, uh, leather coat. She's sitting there, blue jeans, got her hair pulled up and she sits down on the corner of the bed and, and I'm expressing to her how floored I am that she was able to, single out somebody who I was having so much problems getting a hold of. And as I'm saying this to her, Tony, I'm not shitting you, man. This is going to make me sound like an absolute freaking whack job. But as I'm telling her this, the lines on her face just kind of smooth out. And her coat goes away and her clothes go away. And she is sitting on the corner of the 
the bed with her legs crossed, being completely nude, and being maybe like a 20-year-old version of herself. And I lost my words, dude. I absolutely lost my words. And then just like if you, you know, the old Etch-A-Sketch, when you turn it upside down and you just shake it and, and everything that you just drew kind of goes away. Yeah. That's, that's kind of the effect. It was, it was like a graininess to this shimmer that happened. And, and then she goes back to being Susan sitting there in blue jeans and a, and a leather jacket. And she leans forward and I still, I, I got no words, you know, and I'm sure my look on my face was like, what the, and she leaned forward and she just had this, this Cheshire cat grin on her face. And she says, what's the matter, hon? What did you see? I didn't say I saw anything. I didn't say anything. And I just said, never mind. Never mind. And and I grabbed my stuff and we we exited the room. We went down this narrow hallway, went out through the front door, and I start putting my stuff into my backseat of my car, right next to the 40 pounds of dog food. And I close the back door. She steps out in front of my car. And that's and she kind of turns her back to me and she faces away uh to the back. And she puts her hands back up to her mouth again, and she does another whoop. And dude, within 10 seconds, there is a, a very loud whoop that comes like, as far as the direction goes, you know, I can only guess. But from what it sounded to me, if you went straight back across her property onto that hill that was on the other side of the river or the stream, I hear a whoop come back. And then as soon as that one goes, I hear another one that seems like it's maybe 60, 70, hundred yards off to my right hand side. I hear another one. And then I hear one from behind me that seemed like it was about as far as the second one, which would have put it right about where that Island of trees was that I was telling you wouldn't, you know, looking out through that window. And she turns back and she looks at me and she goes, isn't that cool? And I'm like, I'm like, is it though? Is it really cool? <laughs> I don't know. Cause it kind of scared the shit out of me. And, you know, so I said my good nights and I get in the car and I, I Tony, I'm going to be 57 years old in June. And I, I spent my early twenties as a, as a bouncer in a bar. Um, I'm not afraid of a whole lot. I, I carry a, I carry a weapon. I'm, I'm not typically a, a scaredy cat. Um, I've had some ghost experiences in my life. Nothing that was ever like super scary. Like, Oh my God, I was terrified when I got in my car to drive back home. Like I said, her, her area was pretty rural farmland inter intermixed with, you know, trees, lots of trees and then farmland. And, but the, the road was kind of snaky. It was a lot of S turns. I get in the car and I hit call my son immediately. And I will not, I will not turn on my bright lights 
because I had Tony, I did not want to see, I didn't want to see light. I didn't want to see I shine looking back at me when I was going through these curves, looking out at my car. I left my low beams on because I didn't want to see what was in the trees. And my son answers the phone and he goes, Hey, what's going on? And I said, Jake, man, I got 35 minute drive home. I said, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta stay with me on this. You gotta talk me down from this shit because I have no idea what the hell I just went through. And he's, he starts laughing. He's like, why, what's going on? And, uh, so I told him about, you know, eventually I, I, pretty quick, I got to the point where I'm telling him about this noise that I heard in that room. And he's like, oh man, what, he says, what did it sound like? Was it like a whoop? Was it a scream? Was it a yell? Was it a, you know, was it this, was it that, was it this, was it that? And, and yeah, I love my son and I love my daughter and I, I rarely raise my voice at them, you know, but he just kept asking me all these questions and I was like, God damn it enough. I don't know. I don't know what I heard. Okay. All I know is I heard it. And at that point it hit me that I could not just like I'm trying to describe it to you. I can't describe what the sound was. Now I haven't, I haven't gotten to my house yet to put this audio on the, um, on the computer. So I don't know what I captured. And I was just, you know, I, I was frustrated. I was, and I was getting angry because he kept asking me questions that I couldn't answer. I wasn't getting mad at him because he was asking me questions. I was getting angry because I could not answer simple questions that he was asking me. And Tony, it took me, you know, I, I get home and, and I put the audio on, on my computer and I'm, you know, I had to pump up the volume a little bit and I isolated it and I, you know, did a little bit of noise reduction so I could finally hear this thing. And, you know, my stomach just dropped because I, I knew I had a, a, a class B or class A Sasquatch hoop, whoop, whatever the hell you want to call it, um, scream on, on this, on this recording. And I had this little, you know, it could have almost been, you know, like the tail end of a small owl. And I mean, you get our reactions on the, on the recording, you get our conversation on the recording, but the noise, the voluminous, that bombastic noise that I heard in that room is not there. And it hit me. You know, you hear people talk about getting zapped by Bigfoot. You've yeah. heard that term used? Of course. Well, when people talk about being zapped, zapped to me is an electrical thing. If you touch a bare wire, you get zapped, right? And I've always kind of associated people talking about being zapped as being hit with infrasound. And when I think back about how my body reacted and how she reacted, I think what happened was I think we felt what happened more than we heard what happened. I think it was, I think it was an innate shock to our our, our physical bodies because it was either an electrical impulse of some kind or something that was generated by uh, infrasound. It, it's the only thing that makes any sense. 
So when people talk about zapped now, being zapped by these things, I, th- I think I have a, a much better understanding of what it is that they were going through. And, and that's the only that's the only explanation I can come up with. Wow. So that was the weirdest three hours of my life, my friend. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'd say so. Um, so did she when when you heard the whoop and, and you guys reacted to it, uh, did she seem like kind of taken back by it? Like you were like, like, like in the sense that maybe like that was her first time ever being zapped. No, absolutely not. Um, the way she reacted, uh, you know, she held her arm up and she had goosebumps. I saw that the hair on her arms was standing up. I saw that. And uh, her her basic reaction was, uh, isn't that neat? You know, that happens all the time. Mm, okay. And, you know, I, I, you know, I, you know, I went to her house. So is the potential for somebody to, to be goofing on me and, you know, is it there? Yeah. I suppose you have to accept the fact that it, it could be, but I don't know how, I don't know how in the world they would have achieved um, doing that, you know, and, you know, going back to the arm coming through the, uh, the door, that was, that was, you know, I, <laughs> I mean, there were so many things that were, uh, I guess maybe use the word profound that happened during that, that interview. Um, and for her to just pull Eric Vanor completely out of the clear blue with not having any idea that, that I'm after this guy trying to talk to him, trying to, trying to set up an interview. There was nothing in my previous episode that I was trying to look for this guy. Um, I never posted about it on, on Facebook. In fact, I, I'm not a, uh, the only reason I have Facebook is to help promote the show, um, you know, my personal Facebook, uh, it doesn't even have a photo of me. It's just got a caricature of me. Um, I don't go around posting every time, you know, my kid farts or, you know, please send prayers because I got a hangnail. Um, I just, I just don't, I'm, I'm, I'm more of a private person than that. Uh, so there's not, there's not a lot of information out there about me. Um, it was just so, so bizarre. Some, such a, you know, and, you know, I, I think I want to say that it was either three or five days went by and I called her and I said, you know, I, I got I got to ask you a question. And she said, what's that? And I, she goes, oh, no, did something happen with the recording? And I said, no, I said, the recording's fine. I said, you know, whatever we heard in your bedroom did not really come through. And she goes, oh, that's too bad. And I said, that's not why I'm calling. I said you know, when you, at the end of it, where, where you asked me what I saw and I said, where I was kind of stumbling over my words and she goes, yeah. And I said, you know what I saw? And she said, no, I don't. And I said, Susan, I saw you like turn into a 20 year old version of yourself, but you were bare ass naked sitting on the corner of your bed. And I said, from the time you opened the door, when I got to your house, I said, I was struck with a very animalistic urge to do nothing more than have a sexual encounter with you. 
and I could hear her kind of, I don't want to say laugh or, and I don't want to say giggle, but you could, you could hear there was like a little <laughs> on, on the other end of the phone. And I said, I need to know if you did that to me. And she goes, no, honey, I didn't. And I said, I said, you know, with all, all respect, I said, I'm having a hard time believing that. And she said, maybe it was my, uh, maybe it was my spirit guides. And I said, to what end for, for what reason, why would they have done that? And she goes, hmm, maybe they were trying to test out your, uh, intentions. Maybe they were trying to figure out why you were really here. And what'd you say? i'm I'm still i'm you can tell i'm i still i don't know how to respond to it because at that moment that i was there absolutely i wanted to have an insect a sexual engagement with that woman but that's not why i didn't i didn't know that prior to getting there i mean (laughs) and i i had seen her prior to us doing the interview so i knew what she looked like and it was just Tony. It was so bizarre. It really was. It was, I was, I, I found myself having, I'm going to say this and it makes me sound bad, but I don't, I don't mean it to, I, I found myself having thoughts that I don't, I don't normally think that way. My, you know, it felt, I felt dirty. I felt like a predator in her presence. And, and I'm not that, I'm not that person. So it was, it was really an odd, uncomfortable, <laughs> you know? And I think even at the beginning of that episode, I did a little monologue beforehand. And I said, you know, I named the the show uncomfortable because I thought I'd be handling some, some topics that would be uncomfortable for some people to listen to that would be topics that would be, that would make some people feel uncomfortable hearing about, but I never imagined that it would be me being made to feel uncomfortable because of an interview that I was doing. Yeah, it surely did. It surely did. Hmm. So, well, uh, I don't believe her. Okay. So I, I don't care what you believe. I'm just saying for me, uh, her ability, like her transforming into a younger version of herself, completely naked in front of you when you were having that, that struggle yeah, absolutely. all absolutely. evening with the, the, the sexual desires. Like, you know, I, I think that there is definitely th- something that was happening there that she was aware of, at least whether she was doing it or not. I think she was aware of it. And I have, uh, talked to other people. I don't know if I've ever talked to anybody on the show, but I have no, I know this is often a request that, uh, is kept, like, hey, uh, I don't want this on the show, but, you know, um, I've talked to a, a handful, like let's say three to five people over the years uh, that have sa- said very similar things to me as you during this interview where um, they they were in the presence of a witch and they were hit with a very strong sexual desire. Uh, and this one guy said that, he actually uh, knows when he's in the presence of a witch because he's ir- like, uh, what do you say? Irrationally s- hypersexualized to certain people that he would not be otherwise. 
And so I, I don't know. Maybe he's just a perv, right? But interesting, <laughs> but, interesting. But he, he said that he know he he can identify people who are witches like that. And I'm just like, all right, cool. You know, uh, well, maybe I don't know if it's cool or not. But um, either way, uh, it's not the first time I've heard of something like that. I actually was kind of expecting you to tell me you did have sex with her at some point during the night, especially when you no. said that you saw her <laughs> naked. The younger version, I was like, oh, here it comes. The spell is in full effect. Like, I, I really did. I thought that, that you were going to tell me. And then I woke up in my bedroom in the morning and, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> like, so, um, yeah. But hey, man, listen, uh, the, the, um, the Bigfoot she called SETI. Yeah. Do you, or do you recognize that name SETI at all? Oh, I certainly do. And I brought it up with her and she was shocked when I said search for extraterrestrial intelligence. Yeah. Um, her use of the word SETI is apparently an Egyptian God. It's interesting that, uh, SETI and I believe NASA uses SETI, right? So, uh, yes. So, I mean, it's, it's interesting that NASA is using SETI and it's an ancient, uh, terminology that she identifies with. Exactly. I I, I've never heard of any kind of theory or thought that NASA is uh, nefarious. So this is really catching me off guard. But uh, <laughs> it's, that was a sarcasm. Really, really, really. Tony? There, there we go. Enter laugh. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, it, it, I'll tell you what, man, that experience was uh, one for the record, uh, record books. And uh, listen, um, I've got to ask you what your thoughts are on Dogman. Then, knowing that what she told you about, as far as uh, the the, I, I think uh, what was it? Her spirit guide was that? This yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, that there's that aspect of it. And then you the the I guess pictures that were in the room of different types of wolf men and things like that. Right. Uh, yeah. Did they did it did it shape at all that experience and just that very specific detail? Uh, in that experience, did it shape you at all as to what you think Dogman is? You know, Tony, Dogman for me is a tough one, man. I have I have zero problem believing in Bigfoot. There is there is so much that makes sense to me about Bigfoot that it, it's it's not even a thing, right? I mean, you you're wasting your time if you're if you're going to try to get me to believe because I'm already there. But Dogman to me, Dog Dogman to me, if if it if it's a if it's an actual thing, I don't believe there's any way that it cannot be something that is is supernatural in its origins. Um, you know, Bigfoot to me, uh, DNA, uh, you know human on the woman's side, unknown on the other side. Um, you know, we're so close to, to simians and primates that that doesn't, that doesn't seem like it's, it's a hard one for me to wrap my head around at all. But, you know, when you're talking about something that's, uh, more of a canine nature, uh, with, with a human form that, that doesn't make sense to me. And, and I've struggled with that. And I have a listener out of Texas, um, who God love him. Uh, he, he's super, super engaged with the show and he's always sending me messages after each week's show, you know, Hey man, Hey bro, I like the show. Um, what do you think about dog man? When are you going to have somebody on about dog man? And you know, that, that one that, 
you had on that prompted you to go down and do the uh, uh, the investigation in in the Daniel Boone. Um, you know that was that was an incredible tale, and and I'm not saying that I don't believe it. Um, it, it was amazing, but I I don't know, man. I, I don't. I have no idea where to put Dogman on my map. You know, I'm, I'm very, I lived in Michigan for, for several years. I, I'm basically right on the state line of Michigan now. Um, you know, Michigan seems to have almost been the birthplace of, of dog man, uh, with as many encounters as, as, as are listed there. I don't know, you know, we, you know, being a native American, we talked about, you know, skinwalkers, um, bear, bear walkers. Um, everything with native Americans is so, so spiritual and so uh, steeped in the, the afterlife that, you know, I just can't help but feel that it, it's something that's definitely not a, uh, it's, it's, it's gotta be supernatural. It's gotta be. It sounds like to me, you are having a very hard time, uh, <laughs> uh <laughs> saying that dog man could be super or is, or could be supernatural. It sounds to me like you're, you're having a very hard time in the sense that you, you really, it sounds, it sounds like to me in your gut, you don't believe it's a physical creature and that, uh, you want to say there's something paranormal about it, but it's hard for you to say it because of some reason. I don't know. Uh, well, you know, I mean, I guess I, you're right to some extent. I have, I have no problems uh, with, with paranormal. I had, I had some very uh, profound experiences after the passing of my dad. Um, and, and I've gone ghost hunting, you know, uh, at local graveyards and, inside of one night i got a photograph and i got a an audio recording and uh, a, a video of an orb that just appeared and zipped around for you know a split second and then disappeared i i that was all i needed you know that coupled with the uh, experiences i had when my dad passed away um like i said were very profound I have no problems believing in, in there being a paranormal, uh, aspect to, to the life that we live. Um, but dog man, I, I don't know, man, dog man, just, you know, I've got a, I've got a golden doodle as a pet dog and he is just a fluffy, you look at him, you smile, you can't help it. He's just, he looks goofy. All he wants to do is, you know, put his head on you and get pets. Um, but when you put a when you put a wolf's head or a a, a German Shepherd looking shaped head on a on a human torso, and it's got hair and it, it's yeah, you know that's that's pretty terrifying, you know. And if there's any truth to skinwalkers, and you know, I don't know, man. There's there's some things in this life that um, even though I I admit belief in there are things that I don't really want to uh, expose my my spiritual armor to 
Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I, mean, I just, I, I'm sitting here listening to you and I think it's, it's just, it's so interesting that I got the host of uncomfortable here and it sounds like he's very uncomfortable talking about dog man. <laughs> it just, yeah, <laughs> I think here's the thing, man. I, like, so it, it sounds to me like you're still trying to wrap your mind around it and you just don't know what you think about it yet. You just don't know how you feel about it. You don't know how uh, it, it fits into any kind of uh mm-hmm box for you at all and so it sounds like you're still you're still uh, off to the side hammering away at a new box to try figuring if that if the dog may will fit in that box and that's fine that's fine everybody's everybody's at different spots and stuff with all these different kind of topics and stuff and i and honestly i mean within the last year uh my my thought process when it comes to dog man specifically has changed dramatically and uh i have no problems whatsoever uh saying that i think dog man is very much physical and uh paranormal supernatural whatever you want to call it um the there there are so many things that have come across my way in the last year specifically towards dog man that um made me really reassess things and so um everybody has to cross those roads and bridges when they when they come and um you can't force it either you can't force that bridge to to have to cross it anytime like it it just comes when it comes and and uh there's these things and times where especially as a podcaster of the paranormal where um you never know when it's coming but there will be a time several times uh where just the light bulb goes on and all of a sudden you're just like holy crap i never thought of it that way and all of a sudden it's like uh it's so glaringly obvious in your mind as this new way of thinking. And you're like, why did I ever not think of this before? And it's, it's really because it's an accumulation of knowledge that you picked up over time that is right. piecemealed together. And all of a sudden you have a new picture. Um, so man, listen, I think that, uh, for me personally, I think dog man is very physical and, uh, supernatural. Um, I've heard people talk about their stories and experiences with a very physical creature. And I've heard experiences where these things are coming through a portal after summoned and opened up by a witch. So, uh, it's like, well, how do you put those two things together? Uh, I think that they could be very, uh, different and two different topics that we're talking about. And I think it could be the same topic at the same time. Uh, I'm very, I'm very, uh, no, better not say that. Um, let's just put it this way. I, I think that it's a very, uh, uh, evolving situation. I think that there's a lot of uh, complexities to it that um, we don't necessarily totally understand at this moment. So uh, that said, Eric, man, listen, uh, I'm going to wrap this up with you because I think that uh, less is more in some situations and your dinner with the witch. Uh, I don't know if there's anybody that listening right now that isn't compelled to go and check out your podcast and especially that episode where you talk about talk about it and interview her. So uh, on the way out, tell the people where they can what your show's called, where they can find it, and what episode can they uh, look for this interview that you had with the witch? Hey, Tony, thanks for having me on, man. I really appreciate it. Uh, it's uncomfortable podcast. Uh, there's several uncomfortable sh- uh, shows out there. So uh, to narrow it down, if you do a search, uh, uncomfortable Eric, just follow it with my first name, E-R-I-C-K. It's on all of the all of the podcast formats, Apple, iTunes, Spotify, down the list. It's on everything. Um, I got 54 episodes out there, plus I think 10 bonus episodes. 
Um, I, I absolutely encourage anyone who has interest in this kind of stuff. Probably half of my episodes or, or damn close to it are uh, in the revolving around Bigfoot. Uh, a lot of the episodes revolve around the state of Michigan for for whatever reason. I haven't gone after that market, but they seem to have uh, attracted themselves to me. And uh, you can get a hold of me, uh, email at contact.uncomfortable at gmail.com. Anywhere on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Uncomfortable Podcast. And uh, just, man, I would appreciate it if people go listen. We've got a we've got a lot of episodes out there. I've got some really cool stuff coming up here for the summer. And, uh, man, it's been an absolute pleasure talking with you, Tony. I appreciate it so much. Absolutely, man. So everybody listening right now, please go check out uh, Eric's podcast, Uncomfortable and uh, before you hit play, if you're listening on, well, on any podcast app, but if you're specifically listening on uh, Apple Podcasts, uh, before you even hit play on his podcast, be a solid human being and give him a five-star rating and review, and then go ahead and listen to his podcast because that's what kind people do. So Eric, thanks for coming on the show and uh, sharing that bizarre experience. I know you've had a lot of different experiences in your life, but like I said, I really think uh, I was, I was probably about 30 minutes into this interview with you. And I was like, this is going to be at least an hour story. And I think less is more. And yeah. let's just let people marinate on what you just said, because I think, <laughs> I think it was uh, fantastic. So I appreciate you coming on, man. Uh, thanks a lot, man. Thank you so much, Tony. I really appreciate the opportunity. It's been great talking to you. Been listening to you for quite a while now and uh, love what you're doing. Well, that's the show, everybody. I really hope you enjoyed it. And if you did enjoy it, I know you did enjoy it because I enjoyed that one. And I know you guys did too. Uh, listen, if you enjoyed it though, please go ahead and share the show with your friends, family. I don't care who you share the show with. Just share the show if you enjoyed it. That's literally the best thing you can do to help this show grow is to share it with your friends and family, uh, even your enemies. Just take your phone out and text it to everybody. It was a great one. Wouldn't you say, Eric? I'll tell you what, man. I... I, I, I I, I never I never get tired of talking about that that night. I really don't. I mean, there's so many I, I've said this a million times. Three of the weirdest hours of my life. I mean, there more stuff happened to me during that 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 interview than I don't know. It's just it's mind boggling. But yeah, I, I, I absolutely enjoyed talking with you about it. And I know we were we were kind of supposed to talk about a lot of things and how how we just I delved right into that one and it took up the whole hour, hour plus. So I apologize for that, but, uh, <laughs> hopefully, uh, hopefully your listeners enjoyed it. And if they did, please head over to my show and, uh, check it out. I think, uh, if you like that episode, I think you'll like what I've got out there. Absolutely. And, uh, you don't ever have to apologize for talking. Okay. You're a podcaster. That's what we do. <laughs> we talk. And if anybody criticizes you for talking, tell them they should probably stop listening to podcasts. Anyways, yeah, exactly. listen, friends, uncomfortable podcast, go ahead and check it out. Follow him, leave five stars, rating reviews, and then you hit play. That's the way it works. That's the order it works. You always show love before you hit play because that's what decent human beings do. All right, friends. Until next week, stay safe, take care, and remember the truth will set you free, but first it'll piss you off. If you remember, head on over to the overtime for another banger heater. Let's go. Have you ever heard of the Freaky Deaky Podcast? Uh, no. 
Dude, let me tell you something. These guys, they really freaking suck. Like a cellar, you wanna spin up at the center of the nexus, me. Yeah, yeah. 